0: Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 high FM. 101.9 megahertz of power. And a very warm welcome to you. Good afternoon. It's Thursday. It is fresh thinking time. So I hope you have your fresh thinking cap on. Is there such a thing? Sounds, sounds a little bit uh, paradoxical. You can't be fresh and a cap all at the same time if you get my drift. So we always do like to think a little bit out of the box. And I think today's conversation, hopefully, will challenge some of our normal way of thinking and possibly at the same time introduce us to, I don't know, maybe very diverse opinions. Maybe. We'll see. We'll see, I suppose, where this all goes. I felt almost as if, when I was putting this all together, I was uh, thinking that we might have to start this segment, this show, with the famous fiddle on the Roof scene, you know, just before he sings, If I Were a Rich Man. You know that scene where Tavia turns around and he says, would it make some, I don't remember the exact wording, would it make some difference to your vast eternal plan? I think it's actually in the song. I think it's in the song. Craig, do we have the song? Doesn't matter. We don't need it. Um, But would it? I think it's in the song. Would it make a difference to your vast eternal plan if I were a wealthy man? So, those words, the vast eternal plan, kind of came up to me. And uh, th- that's what I was thinking we could actually use as part of our conversation over here today. We do have the song. I don't think we need to play it, though. I was just checking. Um, even though we have it here in the library, I think everybody's familiar with the If I Were a Rich Man song. And I'm not talking about being a rich man. I'm talking about the vast eternal plan. So straight away, as soon as you say that, some people will, by default, they'll just think immediately about Fiddler on the Roof. My uh, angle is a totally different angle. So my angle is this. That we, we tend to think, I think, I think I, I drive in the traffic and you see people walking down the road. And it sometimes crosses my mind, like, what's the purpose of that person's life? I mean, I don't know the person at all, right? So it's not a judgment. It's just, uh, like, uh, it's, uh, to me, it's curious, It's something interesting. There's somebody walking down the street. I don't know where they're going. I don't know where they come from. I know nothing about them, nothing about their family, nothing about their financial circumstances, nothing about their job opportunities, nothing about their dreams, their disappointments, nothing. And I just see there, there's random person A walking down the street, random person B driving a car next to me in the traffic. What is their purpose? What is their purpose in life? Now, obviously, the the real question is directed at myself. You know, what's my purpose? Which is an important question. It's something we have to ask ourselves from time to time. But recently, I came across, and it's something I've known for a long time. It's a very... Famous expression, and uh, I've read it numerous times over many years. But it just really struck me between the eyes recently. There's an expression that goes, God did not create anything in His world for no purpose. So everything's got a purpose. You want to spend the rest of your life trying to work out what the purpose of a mosquito is? Be my guest. But everything has a purpose. And if that's true of things... It is certainly true of people. Every one of us is here with a particular purpose or maybe a set of goals or set of missions or whatever it is that, that God wants us to, to achieve. So that then raised this question. This is the question I'd like to pose to you today. And that is, how integral do you think you are to God's vast eternal plans? That's where the quotation from Fiddle on the Roof comes in. Right. How integral do you see yourself as being to God's vast eternal plan. And maybe it's a little bit more philosophical and it's something you might have to think about a little bit, but that's fine. So give it some thought. Maybe you have a knee-jerk reaction and straight away say, me. Uh, come on, there, there are more important people out there than I am. So whatever it is that you think, just a minute, what was the first thought that crossed your mind when I asked that question? How integral are you to God's fast eternal plan? Let me hear your thoughts and let everybody else hear your thoughts. SMS 34519 or WhatsApp 0618951019 or tweet at FM. Or tweet me personally, at Rabbi Shish. I'm very interested, very interested to see how people think about this thing. We we do have a principle in Judaism that says that nothing is here for naught. Everything has a value. Everything has a purpose. Hopefully, you see yourself as having a value and having a purpose, as you should. How important is that value? How central is that purpose to God's big Overarching master plan for the whole of existence, and needless to say, there are a lot of spin-off questions from this particular questions. This particular question, which we'll get to uh, shortly. But for a start, how integral do you believe yourself to be in God's vast eternal plan? So let's hear what you say about that. Uh, I know that always run the risk when asking a question that's quite philosophical. You run two risks. The first is that people are afraid to say something in case it's not correct. Well, there's no such thing as a right and wrong answer. It's what you feel and it's what you think about. And the other risk, I suppose, is that people go off onto all the spin-off questions because there are many spin-off questions that relate to this. So, you know, maybe you have a particular spin-off question and that's fine you can share it with us as well so if i've precipitated a question in your mind that's not exactly on the topic but it's related to the topic that's fine you can you can go ahead and you can tell us i did expect this so here somebody's already made the comment about about uh, well it's another quotation out of the song of if i were a rich man so i'm glad that people have a rich cultural heritage or artistic heritage that's great and wonderful. It's not what I'm looking for though, (laughs) sorry, looking for actual thoughts about this. What do you actually think about this concept about being integral? Are you considered to be integral into God's vast eternal plan? That's what we're going to talk about over here today and there are many, many different angles and perspectives that we could discuss. So let's explore them and let's see what all those different angles and perspectives might be. And sure, some very, very uh, interesting topics that we can delve into on this one. But let's start right at the beginning, okay? We'll start right at the beginning. And that is, do you think that you are integral to God's vast eternal plan? Okay, we'll start with that and see where it goes from there. Got a tweet over here that says, this is a classic Jewish answer. It's one of the things I love about Jewish people is that we have no problem offering a brief paradoxical answer and then explaining it no further. So here's Saul on Twitter who says we are both integral and irrelevant. Okay, well that's great. Thank you. How does that work (laughs) What do you mean by that? How can you both be an integral part of a system and at the same time irrelevant to the system? Does that even make sense? Maybe there's somebody out there who can explain that. Uh, It doesn't surprise me at all that that is how Jewish thinking works. But what does it mean? Please, what does it mean? Both integral and irrelevant, all at the same time. That's, you know... I guess that's the same thing as being on, on an El Al flight. I always joke about this and they come around and they say, uh, what would you, you know, what would you like to eat? And people ask, what do you mean? What would you like? Well, whatever's available, you know, there's no choices. We'll, we'll take everything. We're not going to limit ourselves to a particular choice. I guess that's what's happening over here as well. I ask the question, are we integral to God's plan? People say, well, I actually want to be able to have both sides of the coin. I'd like both. Thank you. Explain that. How can you be both integral and irrelevant all at the same time? Here's another tweet where a person is also not very helpful. Somebody says, Oi, I will be pondering this for hours. Okay. Well, in that case, please share some of what you ponder because we'd love to hear. And there are many people who have all kinds of angles and perspectives and and insights. And you probably have a, a really good one as well or maybe more than one. Why don't you share that with us? So it's all very well to say you'll be pondering for hours. That's great. But tell us, tell us about your ponderings. That's exactly what we're doing over here. We're sharing ideas and hopefully learning something out of the experience. And I don't know, how do we get people to, to give a response that's a little bit more full than, an, than a one word? Here somebody who sent in the message, absolutely. So my question is, are you, are we integral to God's vast eternal plan? Somebody says, absolutely. Great. What do you mean? How? How do you justify that? How, how do you explain that? And I suppose likewise, if you think that we're completely irrelevant and God's plan is going to go ahead, like it or not, and you are purely just a pawn in his big game of whatever it is that he wants to achieve. If you believe that we're irrelevant, why? Motivate, explain, let's make this conversational. Not just one word, punches in the dark. Absolutely yes, absolutely no, which often happens. Or the person who says, I'm going to be pondering this for hours. Well, ponder with us. Include us in your pondering. Let us be part of the conversation. Let us hear your thoughts. And maybe you've got something that will... Completely revolutionize how somebody looks at this. You don't know. I mean, everybody thinks that the way that they think is so common and there's nothing of value that I could add because I'm sure somebody else has thought of it already. No, not at all. That's really not how it works. You know, when you when you open your mouth, you might just happen to say the thing that nobody else had ever thought of, and you could be the catalyst for a beautiful way of thinking that that person has never considered before. So. Don't, don't, just keep it to yourself. Share. Think aloud, think conversationally, think... Collaboratively, that's a, that's a nice way to describe what we're trying to do over here. We're trying to think collaboratively. So, are we? Are you? Am I integral to God's vast eternal plan? If you have an insight or a thought or a philosophy about that, it might be a one-liner. It might be a full paragraph. Doesn't matter. We would like to hear what it is that you think, and you can SMS three four five one nine. You can WhatsApp oh six one eight nine five one zero one nine, or you could just tweet at Chai FM or tweet me directly at Rabbi Shish. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So if you have just tuned in, we're talking today about Am I integral to God's vast eternal plan? And that's an important question Because we all know that we're here with some purpose We all know that everything that exists If you believe that Hashem created the world Then you must believe that He created things with a purpose And that means that you have a purpose The question is, is your purpose integral? So in other words, would the whole of society Would the whole of God's dream for creation fail If you were not created? Or I suppose the extension of that And that's why it's going to become all kinds of spin of questions Would be, or if you don't live up to your potential So here's Greg who says, um, I'm seriously important to God. Why else am I here? So that's interesting. That's interesting. Why else am I here? Is it possible? Let's debate that for a second. Is it possible for somebody to be here without being seriously important to God? For example, just to use an extreme version of the point. So an extreme version of the point would be, we know that there are things in the world that are there for us to either eradicate or to cure, so an illness, for example, is there either to cure or ideally to eradicate. So you think about smallpox as an example. There was a time in history that was the, you know, the most concerning thing, I suppose, for the average person. And today is essentially eliminated, other you know, other than in laboratories or wherever it is. So. What was the purpose? What was the purpose of smallpox? It obviously served a purpose. There was a time in history where it was maybe, if you want to use a harsh expression, it was a form of natural selection, or whatever it is. God had his purpose. The bottom line is, the purpose for us was to eradicate it. Because it's not integral to his vast eternal plan necessarily. So when Greg says, I'm here, is that not evidence enough that I'm integral to God's plan? Is that actually an argument that we should accept? In other words, just because I'm here, is that significant enough to say that God, so to speak, if I can use this quotation, really, really, really needs me? I mean it 's not really you can 't say that about God, obviously, but you get the idea he 's got a plan i 'm integral to the plan is that is that fair is that correct is that um, is that honest so interesting definitely interesting that somebody would make that comment uh i don 't understand this one i don 't understand this Particular message, I do apologize, I'm not going to read it Because I don't understand, it seems that there's some something wrong Something was typed up wrong over here, so let's leave that as that What do you think? Do you think we are integral to God's plan? Do you think we are tangential to His plan? In other words, His plan is going to work like it or not Whether you are part of it or not, whether you are there or not Do you think it will make a difference? So that's part of what we're going to talk about over here today And there is a message I wanted to read to you And I've just misplaced it, that's what happens, oh there it is So somebody replies, hubris. We are here, so we are important. Thinking we are necessary to God after creation is prideful. Okay. So I wonder, we all know that feeling humility or experiencing humility or living with humility is very much a part of being Jewish. It's quite a central element of judaism so does that mean that we should think we're irrelevant is that the argument because you have somebody saying if you think that you're integral to god's plan that's this overinflated ego and this terrible problem with you well so what's the corollary then or what's the alternative are you suggesting then that the alternative is that a person should think oh no i'm not really important i'm just a cog in the wheel and quite honestly he'd be able to get whatever it is that he needs to get done without me and so i shouldn't take myself too seriously that's The question, I suppose, that we, you know, it's all very well for a person to make a radical statement and say, no, 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 don't get carried away with it. What do you think? You're really important in God's eyes? Okay, fine. So what are you saying? Are you saying that I'm not important in God's eyes? That might be the reason, by the way, why, uh, who was it before, who said both? Saul. Saul said it's both. It's both that were integral and they were irrelevant all at the same time. And I think most people would have a very difficult time wrapping their head around exactly that line of thought. So the question then I suppose can be taken to the next level. And the reason that we'll go to the next level or how we'll take it to the next level is this. Tell me if you've ever heard this expression before. There's an expression in the Talmud that says that every person is obligated to say, Bishvili nivra ha'olam, which means that the world was created for me. Wow. Hang on a second, talk about hubris. <laughs> a person is required, that's a that's a statement in the Talmud that a person is required to say that the world was created for me. Number one, have you heard that statement before? Number two, number two. If you have heard that statement before, how do you understand it? How do you interpret it? Is that an excuse for us to think that we're the bee's knees, that we're central, that the whole of creation is because of us and therefore we can do as we please? I think some people think that way. That's why people don't necessarily care for the environment. People don't necessarily care for their fellow human being because hey, it's all created for me. As long as I'm successful, as long as I'm making money, as long as I'm happy, as long as I can get what I want, then, you know, I, uh, that's, that's all that has to happen. Is that, is, is, is that the result of saying the world was created for me? I think it would be a terrible result if, if that is the case. So what's the message? What is the actual message of saying every person is required to say the world was created for me? So let's add that to our conversation because the conversation over here is about whether or not you are integral to God's creation. So the question is, Torah says that you're supposed to think that the world was created for you. How are you supposed to interpret that? What does that actually mean? So that will be part of our conversation. Here's somebody else saying, uh, in theory we are integral 100%, but I'm not sure how practically. That's interesting. You know, one of, the, one of my favorite lines is that in theory there is no difference between theory and practice, but in practice there is. So it's all very well for a person to say, yes, in theory, in theory I believe we're integral to God's purpose, or to God's mission, or to God's plan. But in practice, I'm not sure. Well, what's the value of a theory if it's only a theory? Surely, Sure there's no value in a theory if it's only a theory. Surely the whole purpose of a theory is to be able to translate it into something which is practical, surely. And if you can't do that, then the theory is fairly meaningless. So, I don't understand that. Absolutely 100% we're integral to God's purpose in theory, but I'm not sure in practice. Well, if there's no practice, then the theory is fairly meaningless. What do you think? Do you think we're integral? Do you think that it's correct to say, or that it's fair to say, or that it's healthy to say, that everything was created for me? That's the purpose, that's the, the perspective that a person is supposed to have. Here's Neil. Neil says, it is an interesting question. If we believe, and I knew this would happen, that we'd get a little bit off uh, onto sidebar questions and comments and topics. So he says, if we believe that we are each pivotal to God's plan, then if any of us fails by association, so does God's plan fail. Actually, I was, I was going to ask you this question. So, Neil, I'm glad you brought it up. I was going to pose this question. He continues, while we all have our purpose on earth... And, like any parent, God wants us to succeed. I don't think we are pivotal. Okay, so the argument that Neil's using, why we're not integral to God's purpose or plan, is because the implication would be enormous. The implication would be quite frightening, because that would imply, if I'm integral to his plan, and I don't do what I am intended to do, or what my particular role in this whole thing is, then the plan collapses and then God does not get what he wants, and how can you dare to say such a thing? I told you it was going to be philosophical. I mean, this is definitely the kind of thing that you can tie your brain in knots with. So, are we supposed to think of ourselves as being integral to God's creation? I just quoted you the the Talmud, where the Talmud says that every person is required to say, that the world was created for me. And by the way, that the Talmud derives from the fact that unlike every other species in existence, man was the only one To be created as an individual. Every other grouping, every other kind of creature was created as a group. Adam was created as one human. And even Eve only followed afterwards. Why? Because God wanted us to be absolutely clear that everything is worthwhile for one human being. That makes it sound like we're quite integral To his purpose. Have you ever thought about what kind of responsibility that places on our shoulders? Love to hear your insights and thoughts. Keep them coming on 34519. That's our SMS line. WhatsApp's on 0618951019, even though they are looks like they're not really coming through at the present moment which should be up and running shortly and you can still tweet at chai fm or you could tweet me directly at rabbi shish so if you're if you have sent an sms or a whatsapp and hasn't gone through just yet or you have tweeted directly to the station and i haven't quoted yet it's just because uh, things seem to be giving us a bit of technical problems right now but we'll get back up online asap and you certainly can tweet me directly because that's not through this particular system So Pick and Pay Hyper Norwood has the following specials Which are valid until the 14th of October 2018 They have Pick and Pay Pure Sunflower Oil 29 rand 99 for a 2 liter bottle You can get 900 grams of Bekoma Wheat Bix at 35 rand 90 each Then there's 2 kilos of Speco Long Grain Parboiled Rice For 19 rand 99 And 2.5 and kilos of Salati White Sugar Is going for 28 rand That's Pick and pay Hyper Norwood And if you are fresh to fresh thinking If you've just tuned in and you were not part of the conversation until now So here's what we're talking about I'm asking the question How integral are we to God's vast eternal plan? That means to say Sure, we all have a role to play Sure, God doesn't create things for no purpose That means that if I'm here, there is a purpose absolutely There's an expression that they paraphrase from the Rebbe, saying birth is God's way of saying you matter, so you're important, but are you integral? That means to say, would the whole system fail if you fail? Now, Neil is really concerned about them. That's why he sent a message to say, can't be. Just can't be that way, because that implies that God's master plan might collapse because of you or I. How could you wield such power? How is it even possible? right? So it's, yeah, it's definitely something. I'm glad you brought this up because that's definitely something to think about. Definitely something that's going to challenge the outer reaches of our philosophical minds. Am I possibly able to do something like that and trap God? So I suppose the question now is, assuming that we are really important. So the question is, can we wreck God's plans? In other words, if we fail, can we cause God's plan to fail? Definitely, definitely something to think about. So let's keep those. uh, Okay, looks to me like things are back online. That's what it looks like. So if you do want to send WhatsApps and SMSs, looks like they are working again now. So uh, thank you to the tech team. And uh, there we go. Things are happening. So. Hang on a second, I think uh, there was an SMS that came through and now it's disappeared somewhere down down the tracks over there, we've got to find it, we've got to find it, uh, no, it's gone, alright, there it is, the Talmud says, thank you, there it is, the Talmud says that to save a life is like saving the world, and to destroy the li- uh, destroy a life is like to destroy the world, Therefore everybody would be important. That's a very powerful teaching. By the way, that teaching comes from exactly the same quotation or the same section of the Talmud that I just quoted that says, The Adam a person is required to say Bishvilini that the world was created for me. Because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, that's Exactly the point that we're taught God created one human originally so that everybody should appreciate that everything is worthwhile for one human. And, and as I said, that opens a whole lot of other different areas of conversation. Because then we have to talk about the possibility of what if we do something that is not in line with God's plan. So have we now hijacked his plan? And we also have to think, I suppose, from the other perspective, what does that mean to me? It sounds like a tremendous amount of responsibility. Here's Delia who says, I cannot see how our misstep would have been foreseen and taken into account. I guess what you're saying is how our mistake would have been part of the plan might have been necessary for that to happen for something else to go forward. So not surprisingly, I suppose, that would take us into the very famous philosophical conundrum of free choice versus the master plan. I don't say free choice versus predetermination because I think everybody will acknowledge that a fundamental, the Rambam, Maimonides, says very clearly that a fundamental principle of Judaism is the fact that there's free choice. You can only be held accountable for something if you had the free choice to do it or to desist from doing it. So bear in mind that if we don't have free choice, the whole of Torah is technically irrelevant. Therefore there have to be certain things which, so to speak, are not predetermined. And that's a big topic, it's not for now. My question is the plan. Now just because just because not everything is working as it should, doesn't mean the plan as a whole is not working as it should, right? That's one of the big things that you've always got to think about, right? If there's uh, there's the bigger plan, you'd know this from yourself, right? You'd know. Let's say that you're running a particular thing, whatever it is that you're particular that that you're running. You could be running running a function, or you could be running a business, or whatever the case is. You know that certain things are going to fail along the way. You know that not everything is going to work exactly the way that it should, and still. You could have an overall success. So surely by the same token, it's possible to say the master plan is still going to work even if there are certain details that are glitches along the way, right? Could we say that? that makes sense? I think so. I think it could make sense. It certainly talks to Delia's point. Here's Chaim. Chaim says, we cannot touch him or his plan. So the question is, are our actions really consequential? I knew this would be deep philosophy over here, right? So in other words, what Chaim is saying is, is that it's not possible for a person. You can't wreck. You don't wield that kind of power to be able to wreck God's plan. You just can't. God is infinite. God has no limitations. You, on the other hand, you, you like me, you know, we're just people. People have severe limitations. All kinds of things that we are unable to do, right? So if that's the case, one of the things we certainly are unable to do is to be able to override God's plan. So if we're going to try and override God's plan and we're unable to do it, then that makes it sound like our actions are actually inconsequential. Yep, like I said, we're going to tie ourselves in philosophical knots over here with this one. But really what I wanted to get to is the question of whether or not we play an integral role. So let's try and not get too over philosophical about it. Let's start with that preface that there is a statement in the Talmud that says that you're required and that's what's mind boggling about it. It says Chayav Adam. A person is required. That means to say that it's not optional, something you have to do to say that the world was created for me. Okay? So if you're supposed to say that what does it mean? that? What is that? How, how do you interpret that? How do you apply that in real terms? A whole lot of citizens I see have been trying to test the system. It, it is up and running again, by the way. So there are some WhatsApps that have come through, which I'm going to get to in just a moment, starting with this WhatsApp from Cynthia, which says, It is up to us. We have to make ourselves relevant. Otherwise, the universe will get rid of us. We must take on responsibilities. In front, take on the responsibilities in front of us. Deep down, we know what they are, and if we don't, we must find our tasks in the scheme of things and do them. Okay, (laughs) do being them. Okay, got it now. And do being them. So I I, I, I think that that's a Shabbos project comment. So the Cynthia, the question is this: So you're saying that if we don't do what we should. Almost like the universe will spit us out. Does that imply that eventually when a person leaves this world, it's because they no longer have something to do? I know many people believe that. Is that actually what we believe? Here's another WhatsApp. This is unsigned. That says, everything that needs to differentiate between overall plans and smaller plans. That's called integral on either or both levels. Okay, a little bit tricky that one. A little bit tricky. I'm not sure I got that one. And here we had a Neil comment before about how could we possibly be pivotal to God's plan if that means that theoretically we could scuttle God's plan. He has another Neil, so he says, "I'll call me Neil C." Like that. As Bible believing individuals, God has an eternal purpose and plan for our lives. Otherwise, should we live according to his statutes? I'm assuming that that, that's a... Oh, why? There we go. Sorry, there's a follow-on. Why should we live according to his statutes? Well, I don't know. Maybe we have to live according to his statutes because that's what he's insisted upon. And it may or may not bring a plan for our lives okay another whole conversation i suppose that we could go down but you certainly uh, i resonate with what you're saying that god has an eternal plan on the micro and on the macro levels that's probably the previous whatsapp we're saying there's the micro macro levels there's the big plan there's the individual plan and it's all 100 percent relevant what is your view on that Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. Okay, so you do realize we've gone a little bit off topic because the original question that I posed was, are we integral to God's plan? Now, it's not surprising that that's now gone down a route of, do we have the power to make choices, will that wreck the plan? Uh, and I'm not surprised at all that it's gone down that route. Let's go back to the original question: Are we integral to God's plan? So we just last Shabbos, we just read the Torah portion where it says, "Berachis." In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Pretty famous line in the Bible, and we're taught the Midrash says that "Ber," the letter base, which is two, it has a numerical has a numerical value of two, and "Rachis" means beginning. Says that the purpose of creation was for two things. There are two things that it's all predicated upon: one is us, and one is the Torah. So everything else is tangential. Everything else is there to serve us. There's a very interesting statement in the Talmud, the end of the Tractate Kiddushin, when the rabbi says that everything was created to serve me and I was created to serve God. That's the hierarchy. So in other words, he created the world in a particular way where everything should be there as tools and opportunities for us to be able to bring ourselves closer to God. We we see the, the same sentiment expressed elsewhere in the Talmud where it says, well, why is it that humans were created last? Surely we are the, the top of the food chain, and maybe we should have been created earlier on as a sign of our greatness or whatever. And the Talmud says one of the reasons is that everything should be ready for us by the time we got here, because we are the ones who are going to take all of those things. Not the whole world. Everyone of us has our little piece of the world, and we're going to take our little piece of the world, and we're going to... Bring it to its fruition. So when a person says that God has an eternal plan for us, that's true, but that's not where it begins and ends. He has an eternal plan for the world via us. So where you live, where you work, the people who are in your life, the assets that you own, all of that, nothing is but chance. Yes, of course we make certain choices and we tend to over exaggerate some of our freedom to make some of those choices. So for example, the kind of phone that you're using right now is most likely not the phone that you chose out of a free choice. It's most likely because either that company marketed better than the other company or because you know people who are happy with that phone or because you have a predisposition to either Android or Google platform uh, or Apple platforms or whatever it is. So, quite honestly, a lot of what's going on in our lives uh, There's the, the puppeteer, the grand puppeteer Is pulling those strings And that's what lands up in our lives But the Jewish thinking is Those things are in our lives Because I'm the person I'm that person who's going to take those things And elevate them to purpose And nobody else in the world was given those things Because nobody else in the world is responsible for those things So the master plan is That everybody has a stitch in the tapestry This is my stitch And if a whole bunch of people don't put their stitches into the tapestry, and then the tapestry does not happen. And we could debate what, how that all gets resolved to people come back and do reincarnation and have all those discussions. But fundamentally, as a, as a view, the view in Judaism is that where you are is where you need to be. What you have is what you need to have. Who is around you is who you need to have around you. And all of that in order to be able to make those things, those people, that piece of the world achieve purpose. Here's Sharon. Sharon says, and again, this is going to take us off onto a different topic, but Sharon says, if we can't wreck his plan, does that mean that the way the world is now is exactly how it was meant to be? That the plan was that Adam would be kicked out of Gun Aden, that we were meant to have the temple destroyed and be in exile for 2,000 years? It's a great question. Really, really a great question. It's more than a question. It's a huge conundrum because that Whichever way you look at it seems to be problematic. If we're going to say that the purpose is anyway, in other words, the world as it is, is how it was intended, then why should we be liable for the choices that got us here? For example, we're told that the temple was destroyed because people didn't treat each other properly. And Adam and Eve were kicked out of the Garden of Eden because they ate what they should not have eaten. So if that's all the plan anyway, why are we holding them accountable? It's an amazing conundrum. Uh, Here's Josh by SMS. Josh says, if we think of God as the ultimate chess player, free choice means that whichever decision we make, God will make it part of his plan. So in other words, I think if Josh, if I can just um, extrapolate a little bit of what you're saying, the chess player is already thinking 15 moves ahead of you. So regardless of what move you make, he still has his plan. I think it's a great Metaphor, by the way, so thank you, Josh. I think it's a great metaphor, even though I think God is beyond even this master, this grandmaster chess player, but still, just as a concept, it's a great way of just bringing it down into terms that we can all relate to. There's somebody who's got their plan. Their plan is going to succeed. Regardless of what steps you take, their plan is going to succeed. So yes, nice Marshall, Nice metaphor of the grand chess player. The question of his plan versus our liability is a very interesting question. There's a, a, state, a statement from the Talmudic sages, which says based on a verse in the Bible, which says, Nora alila adam, that God orchestrates things in such a way where he wants something to happen, but he wants to scapegoat us essentially, <laughs> which is quite an interesting concept in its own right, something we can talk about for a long time. And that's what I love about these kind of conversations based on your feedback and based on your comments we actually spawn a whole lot of other conversations which i hope will not stop at the end of the show maybe you'll take them home maybe you'll bring it to your friday night table tomorrow that'd be better than speaking about some of the stuff that we land up speaking about at friday night tables a nice deep philosophical debate why not here's another whatsapp that says isn't our mission to use our gifts and talents while working on correcting our weak points and in so doing, completing God's plan. So let's test that for a second. Is our mission going to take it in three steps, right? So is our mission to use our gifts and talents? Yes, it is. If you were given a gift, if you were given a talent, then you were given an endorsement and a responsibility by God to say, there you go. That's the package that I've given you. Let's see how well you could use it. Flip side, next point, point number two, working on correcting our weak points. That is also part of the package. Part of our purpose is to have those specific weak points. That's why you have your foibles and I have mine, and they're not necessarily the same. And that's why I look at you and think, gee, I don't know why you can't get over that particular thing. It's the easiest thing in the world. And you look at me and say, well, for that matter, back at you. I don't know why you can't get over that thing. It's the easiest thing in the world. So yes, part of the mission is to recognize our talents and to use them to the optimum. Part of our mission is... Recognize our weaknesses and try our best to fix them. And then your third point is, in so doing, do we complete God's plan? Absolutely, we complete a component of God's plan, the component that relates directly to us. But we don't just live in isolation. We live in a community. We live in families. We live in a broader public. We also have things in our lives, not only people in our lives. So yes, 100%, our mission is to use our personal talents to the best of our ability and beyond that we also have the responsibility to use the world around us to the best of its abilities or the greatest of its potential so yeah that's absolutely absolutely correct i think that's a very valuable and powerful point here's neil c again who says whatever we do has eternal consequences so what we say we believe is one thing but how we live has a far greater impact on those who we come into contact with we're not here for ourselves I think that's a very powerful point, by the way, on, on, two, on two levels. I think it's a very powerful point to say that we are not here for ourselves. We so easily fall into this trap, especially nowadays with a society that says, feed me, basically. So it's important to know we're not here for ourselves. We're here to make a difference, to impact, to touch people, to improve the world, to connect 100%. And I also think that you've made a very powerful point that what we say is largely irrelevant, actually. Because talk, to use the cliché, is cheap. How we behave is everything. So, yes, if we want to achieve this mission that we're given, it's going to have everything to do with how we behave, not the stock standard lines that we spew because we believe that that's what we're supposed to say, or even if it's because that's what we believe. I guess the real test of belief is the translation of that belief into practice. A little similar to what Chaim said before, theory is one thing. Practice is something else altogether. Join Rabbi Ari Shishler for some fresh thinking every Thursday from 2 to 3 p.m. 101.9 High FM, 101.9 megahertz of power. So here's the thing. Once we start this conversation about how integral we are to God, it automatically is very tempting for a person to say, not at all or not that much. And the reason it's so tempting is because I don't want to assume the responsibility that comes with that. Now, that would be antithetical to Judaism because as far as Judaism is concerned, we're supposed to walk around carrying a very healthy dose of responsibility and understanding that we make a very significant difference to the world around us and not just to the world around us as in polluting the environment or making bad choices that might impact other human beings, but that we make a difference to the whole plan from A to Z. It's a magnificent story of a particular fellow who really went off the rails. He rejected his Judaism in very strong terms. And he had once been a student of the Ramban, Rabbeinu Moshe ben Nachman. Nachmanides. He was a medieval Spanish scholar and mystic. And on one particular occasion, he actually had become quite a powerful man in the society, uh, in the Christian society. And on one particular occasion, he summoned the Ramban, his erstwhile teacher, to appear before him on Yom Kippur. And on Yom Kippur, there he was, and he, the Ramban walked in. He didn't have a choice. He couldn't avoid it because this was a very powerful man. And he, there he was on Yom Kippur, and he was eating, and he was specifically eating non-kosher food. And the Ramban was totally you know, bereft seeing this kind of thing. And he says to him, what, what happened to you? Why did you go so extreme? He says, I'll tell you, because you once taught us this ridiculous notion that every single thing that happens is part and parcel of what's written into the Torah. And every single thing that exists is part and parcel of what's written into the Torah. And he says, to be perfectly honest, I never found myself in the Torah. In in other words, what the guy was basically saying is, I don't see myself as part of that plan. I'm not a stitch in that tapestry. I, I can't find me in the Torah. And I recognize that if I can't find myself in the Torah, then there's really no point. Then the whole thing is a hoax and there's really no point in trying to pursue it. So the Ramban at that point said to him, do you have a Bible in your house? And he said, yes. And he took it off the shelf and he opened a particular portion in the Torah and he showed him where this guy's name was spelt out by using the third letter of a word for five, His his sorry, for four, he had a four letter name, four words in a row and they spelt his name out and it was in the context of God saying that he will destroy the detractors from the Torah. And the guy was floored by that. And he suddenly realized that he had taken a terrible course of action and he needed to reform himself. And I think the point of that story really is that it's not unusual and it's quite tempting for a person to say, Who me? I'm not that important. I recently saw a letter where the Rebbe writes to somebody, the Lubavitcher Rebbe writes to somebody, he says, you have to realize that one of the most masterful tools of the evil inclination is the sense that you're of no value. Because the minute a person says, I'm of no value, I'm not in that script, I'm not part of that book, I'm just, you know, I'm just ordinary guys in the back of shul. At that point in time... You stop doing what you're supposed to do, and we're all here to do and to achieve and to make a difference. And so every one of us needs to be able to know that in that book, which is the blueprint of creation, we are there. We have a role to play. We're part of that master plan. Uh, The master plan is not perfection, by the way. The master plan does not rely on you getting 10 out of 10. The master plan relies on you doing your best. And uh, like that message we had earlier, focusing on your gifts and talents Trying to strengthen the weak areas in your life And recognizing that you're not here to live for yourself You're here to live for the world, for people, for God To make a difference, to make an impact So I think if we could take that with us And we could make some kind of, a, almost like a bumper sticker Or a fridge magnet that says The world was created for you I think it would be great Because then we'd, we'd feel that we need to do something And we'd feel that whatever we do Is as God sees it Valuable and impactful So there's something to think about. Until next time, have a wonderful Shabbos and a great week ahead.